This is exactly right. It's me, Roz. Welcome to Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, the podcast where I invite my friends on to talk about things that make the little hairs on my body stand up, even though I've spent thousands of dollars on hair removal procedures. I want to welcome you to October, my favorite month. Oh, my God. And this is the craziest October of them all because... This is the month where I get to say that I am a paranormal TV star. The TV show that I am honored to be a part of called Living for the Dead premieres October 18th on Hulu. And I'm dedicating this whole month to my fellow castmates. Now, if you haven't heard about the show, just a quick little description produced by Kristen Stewart, also narrated by Kristen Stewart. Produced by Scout Productions, the ones that created Queer Eye. I mean, hello. And it's me, three psychics and a tech lesbian, and we're all queer, and we're traveling the country. That's a real brief description, okay? I'm the cast. I'm sort of the researcher. You know that's what I do. I I get into dead people's business. I'm also joined by Ken Boggle. He's on the show. Ken Boggle is an incredible tarot card reader and also has some psychic abilities and has a long history with paranormal investigation as well. Then there's Logan Taylor, who is a very charismatic psychic medium that can make a person cry. I mean, he talks to your loved ones and He knows exactly those things that only somebody with special powers can know. It's incredible. Then there's Alex LeMay, who I jokingly said is the tech lesbian. Um, Alex is actually not a lesbian. Alex is queer, pan, bi. And Alex is an incredible ghost hunter that specializes in tech equipment, technology, you know, all the different gizmos and gadgets. And then there's my guest today, Juju Bay. Oh, my God. Juju is also somebody that has got some psychic abilities. And Juju is also a witch. She's a hoodoo lady. She's a healer. She definitely specializes in a lot of practices that I don't know a ton about. And that's why it's really cool to have her on the show today. The funny thing about all of these people... And you might be listening to this and you're like, wait, I haven't even seen this show yet. I don't know. But I want to introduce you to all my friends because this TV show is going to be a huge part of my life. But also this podcast, they they go very hand in hand. I've really dedicated my life to fun, queer, paranormal content and making it funny And uh, that's what this TV show does as well. It's what I do on the TV show. And 
I do see these two worlds very much combining. I mean, it's like the podcast and the TV show. They're so complementary to each other. And now I, I, I'm on a paranormal investigation team. And these are the people that I work with so closely. And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about with each of these people, you may not learn about on the show quite as much because, well, I mean, it's eight episodes. They all drop October 18th. But, you know, there's there's only so much we can talk about on the TV show. So I'm hoping that we can just kind of dive a little bit deeper in these conversations and I can get to know my teammates better and you can get to know them as well. But yeah, it's all very crazy that I get to be a part of the show. What do you think of the title? Living for the Dead. I actually came up with it. I came up with it. I, I mean, I'm just, it's just a fact. It's true. I did. They were trying to come up with a title for the show and the creative team and producers were, we were like workshopping a bunch of different titles and it just hit me. Living for the dead. That's how I envision it. Living for the dead. As many syllables as possible. Living for the dead. That's how I envision it. Um, I don't know. I think it's like a, a perfect title, if I do say so myself. Because, you know, it's sort of like, I love a title that means more than one thing. I mean, hello, Ghosted by Roz. But the title Living for the Dead, you know, my first instinct is like sort of how we talk in queer culture, drag culture, like most of the way people talk, uh, the kids talk these days. I think the main root of it is ballroom culture of queer and transgender, you know, many trans women, drag queens, and gay men of color are the originators of a lot of these fun things that we all say these days, like throwing shade and yes, queen, you know, all these sayings. But uh, so, you know, you say, I'm living. Oh, honey, I am living for this podcast. Honey, I am living for those shoes. And I said, you know what? I am living for the dead. But also, like, we're the living and we're helping the dead. Like, we are, we are for the dead. We are the living and we're for the dead. Also, on the show, we are helping living people that are dealing with the dead in their homes or their places of work or whatever. So, I don't know. I liked it. So, luckily, I wasn't the only one. And uh, now I get to be in a show called Living for the Dead. Okay, guys. Enough. Enough up top here. Oh, actually, one more thing. I do want to point out that I am doing some tour dates. Honey, I'm going to New York City. I'm going to Seattle. I'm going to Portland. I'm going to Vancouver, the Canadian one. And uh, more dates keep getting added. So please check out my Instagram. The link in my description will have ticket sales and, you know, ticket links and and dates and, and all of that stuff. So I'd love to see you there. I will say I'll be doing stand-up, not ghost-related stuff. I'll be doing just jokes about the living. But nonetheless, I'd love to see you there. Okay, here I go talking to, in my opinion, the funniest person 
in this cast. Juju Bay. On with the show. I am joined by truly one of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen. And if you think that's impressive, just the sheer beauty that radiates off of her, you got to see what she can do with a little bit of witchcraft and some eyeshadow. Honey, (laughs) I am joined by the one and only from Baltimore, Juju Bay. How are you? Hi, Rosie Pooh. Hello, everyone listening to Ghosted. Not me on Ghosted. I'm famous. Well, you are one of the stars (laughs) of this new TV show called Living for the Dead, which is premiering on Hulu October 18th. It's crazy that we're talking about this because you and I are both on the show together. Mm -hmm. We have not been able to talk about it for over a year. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, And the day is finally almost here. And I just want you to know that, and please do not tell this to the other cast members, but you are my favorite. Well, thank you so much, Rosie. You're my favorite, too. I won't tell them if you won't tell them. Juju! It's our secret. (laughs) So, Juju, who are you? What's your deal? So I'm a spiritual practitioner. I practice hoodoo. Some people colloquially call this voodoo, which is like an African-American medicinal system, magic system. And then I also am a practitioner within a tradition called Ifa, which is like venerating different nature-based deities, more or less. But all of that can be encompassed into a witch. I'm a witch. I practice witchcraft. I'm a black witch. (laughs) I do magic, quote-unquote, And yeah, I talk to dead people a lot, as folks will see on the show, and interact with the dead a lot. And it is a big part of like who I am. And like, I would not be who I am without the dead. And so like, I bring them into my life very often every single day. Was you seeing dead people and talking to dead people, was that something that happened before you started practicing? No, actually. Like, I really wasn't doing anything super special. And then I started having dreams like about dead people, specifically like my dead ancestors talking to me. Ones I didn't know. They were telling me their names, what they used to do. And I was like, who was this? And I would go to my family. They're like, how did you know about this particular person? So I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. Maybe I should look into why I'm having dreams about dead people and my ancestors. And I saw that there's just a million different practices of people who talk to their ancestors and that their ancestors guide their lives. And so I started to do research. And then I think through that, I started to be able to see and communicate with them even more. But my spirits were like, hey, you have this gift. It's about time you start using it. And this is like mid-20s. So I didn't like plan to be a witch or anything. It just happened. So did you have a moment where you get like that scene in the movie where you go to the (laughs) library and you're like looking at the old newspaper articles and you're like screaming, that's the guy from my dream. Or like, (laughs) were you able to confirm that? Like. Um, the confirmation really came from having conversations with family members, like older family members, like, oh, I feel like I should be using plant medicine to do blah, blah, blah. And then I would like go to my great aunt who's 93. And she's like, oh, yeah, my grandmother used to be the town, quote unquote, witch doctor, but was basically the people that cared for black folks, specifically like during enslavement, birthed the babies, um, also did the little juju magic spell work. 
I didn't necessarily go to the library and be like, oh, that's the thing. But a lot of the things that I saw in my dreams were confirmed through just like storytelling in my family later down the line. Hmm. Once I told them that I was talking to dead people, because they didn't know that either. That was a secret for a very long time. Um, and still is. <laughs> Unless they listen to Ghosted, they're going to know now. Ooh. I know. So I'm not even fully out the closet, child. <laughs> well, you're about to be on television talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up Catholic, right? I did. So, okay. A lot to unpack there. Because I believe, since I grew up Catholic too, mm-hmm. that... It definitely can prep you for being someone that would believe in ghosts. Yes. And the spiritual realm. I mean, does that does that apply to you? Do you think that that has something to do with that? Oh, yeah. I always say that Catholics are like the Christian witches because they are. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that they would like that. They would hate that. But I completely <laughs> agree. I think that so much of the ceremony going on in a Catholic mass is so... Just even, like, a bunch of people holding hands saying a prayer together and... Mm -hmm. Damn, it's always monotone as fuck. Mm -hmm. And everybody is just, like... Chanting! Like, if you didn't know what they were saying, like, you would... It's like they're all saying a spell. It's like one big coven. It is. And, like, the deity aspect of my work now, I'm like, oh, I've been, like, venerating deities for a long time through the saints. Like, there were feast days for saints, and we would talk about the saints. And sometimes you could even, quote-unquote, bring them offering. Like, you would light a candle for a particular deity that was not God. You know, we're venerating... Mary as if she's God herself um, or even Jesus like it prepped me a hundred percent for what I do now so I have to give Catholicism that (laughs) because it really cultivated the inner witch within me even though I know the Catholics would be rolling to hear that (laughs) I know but do you feel that it's still like in you Hmm. for me it's hard to shake some catholic things like what like i don't relate to the organized religion the business (laughs) side of it at all sure the admin but i really think that if i was in a plane going down i I might yep (laughs) father son holy spirit I might do the sign of the cross. Yeah, I mean, yep. I actually went to, this was actually last year, I went to a wine festival that was at a Catholic church in Baltimore. A blood festival? A blood feast? <laughs> it was a blood feast. It was literally like wine tasting wine festival. And I took my mom. But was it, did they turn it into they blood? They did not turn it into blood. This was strictly secular wine tasting. Pinot Grigio, <laughs> Chardonnay. They had the reds and the whites and the blends. Only a Catholic church would have a wine tasting. But I went because I was just so interested. It was at the um, Shrine of St. Anthony in Baltimore. So I went, you know, we're drinking and stuff. And I went to the gift shop because they have a gift shop there. And I bought a little book that's like to Mary, like daily devotional Mary prayers. And like, I'm fully a witch, but like, I still will read like daily devotionals to Mary. So like, I haven't fully let it go. Like, I fuck with Mary. I think she's cool. Like, we vibe. (laughs) I think she hears me. And I also pray to some saints, though. Like, I pray to St. Anthony a lot when I lose items. I do, too. Thank you. That's the number one thing that I still do from Catholicism. People listening, if you don't know this, something that they'll teach you. If you lose an item, you say a prayer to St. Anthony. Bitch, if I didn't do it an hour ago, 
I have this purse from hell that has three different compartments in it. And I was on a podcast, and then as soon as I was going out to my car, I could not find my keys in there. Shit. And I'm digging around with my long-ass claws. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. And I said, St. Anthony, come on. I got to get home. I got to talk to Juju Bay from Television's Living for the Dead. <laughs> and uh, St. Anthony said, I got you, boo. St. Anthony is my boo. Seriously. I talk to him all the time because I'm also someone who loses shit all the time. So, like, you will never hear me speaking down. There's also the... Who's the one that you buy a statue if you're trying to sell, like, a car or a house or something? Um, I don't know. I can't remember, but some witch stores I've been to sell those for mm-hmm. that reason. I don't know. I like it all. Listen, I am polyamorous <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> deities. If it works, it works. That's my thing. If it works, it works. And I love that. I think it's personal. Mm-hmm. I think whatever makes sense to people. Yeah. So... Speaking of voodoo and hoodoo, mm-hmm. I think it is so important to talk about that stigma and reputation it's garnered from how it's been so horribly depicted yeah. in movies and books and so many things mm-hmm. over the years. So unfair. I mean, witchcraft in general, yes. Yeah. But it almost seems like voodoo... All people think about is voodoo dolls. Mm-hmm. Hexes and curses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that something you've encountered? Oh, absolutely. Like you said, witchcraft in general is not something that people see as sexy. Maybe more now, I think it's kind of being explored or it's like a little bit cute. But in a lot of ways, it still feels very surface level. And this is like no shade, but just like the, oh, I have a crystal. Like, that's the safe form to practice. But if you're doing anything that's not as like packaged and, you know, beautiful, It definitely has this negative connotation. And I think that hoodoo and voodoo falls under that because it's not as sexy. It's not as, um, I don't want to say marketable because it's super marketable. But in a way that like if anyone's ever traveled to New Orleans, it's just kind of like this oversaturation of like, come in here and buy a voodoo doll. And it's like, (laughs) right, right. not quite. Like these are actually practices that people used like medicinal practices, learning about plant medicine, the herbs, what stone to use for what, what dirt you can use to heal yourself, what prayer you can use to have a court case disappear, what spell or work you can do to have your like slave master stop abusing you. Like these are very, very deep, Mm -hmm. long lasting practices that Obviously, they've been demonized because they've saved so many people and they've supported so many people, particularly like black folks. So that's why I'm very intentional about using those kinds of practices. I'm I'm here because someone did a spell. <laughs> like I'm literally in my embodiment because someone in my family went to the juju lady or was the juju lady mm. and birthed, helped someone be born to know what to give the baby, what to pray over the baby, how to protect your lover. Like, there's just so many things not to have your child sold away from you in slavery. Like, there's works and spells for that. So I think that the demonization is so sad. And I get it from mass media because, like, I mean, you can watch, like, Princess and the Frog and Disney and, like, see, you know, like, the bad guy is the voodoo guy. That's that's in everything. Mm -hmm. But I think even with my own community, it's kind of the saddest part because it's like, y'all, this was, like, our thing until whatever other powers that be, like, in the spiritual space are like, this is demonic, this is evil, you must find Jesus, God, or whatever. And I'm cool with all of it. 
But I think there's definitely like a stigma attached to being a witch. And I know when I say that, I don't say it lightly at all because in some places, witchcraft is illegal. You know, reading with shells is illegal, like in the US, not just Mm -hmm. in other countries, in the United States. Like you could be fined in like North Carolina if you like do divination. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I think also Wisconsin. Somewhere else. I was just writing about it. Nowhere we went, right? Or did we? We didn't go to any of those places. Did we break a law? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to That would be iconic. <laughs> well, there's a spell for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> case. Yeah, you better pull out whatever gets you out of jail. You better pull out that spell. There's plenty of those, honey. <laughs> just give me a brown candle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like you can't ignore the fact that particularly just witchcraft in general mm-hmm. is misogynist uh, that goes way back. Mm-hmm. And then the racism within stigmatizing hoodoo. I mean, it's kind of scary, too, that like we're on a show where I'm literally doing some of those things and like nodding to these practices that are so stigmatized. Like that is something that I think about, too. Like, oh, shit, like... What does this mean for me? Like, I'm going to have that stamp proudly. Yes. But also, I still don't fully know what to expect with that. It's a lot. No, I understand. I mean, being trans and being on TV, too, is scary. Yeah. Unfortunately, we both are dealing with our own versions of this kind of a thing. Yeah. But... I don't know. We believe in the work that we do. Right. And we know that we're not doing things with bad intentions. Mm -hmm. It's a scary world these days. It is. God. Should we just become Christians? I think so. Maybe we should just go to Mass. You want to Mass on Sunday? (laughs) Let's go to Mass. It's always interesting, and I'm not going to lie, as somebody that works in paranormal entertainment, sometimes it's kind of frustrating when I talk to deeply spiritual people about ghosts Mm -hmm. because they'll just sort of act like, yeah, it's just something that happens. It's just part of of the world. And I'm like, bitch, it's scary. (laughs) Look behind you. But tell me about your experience with that kind of stuff. I mean, have you seen a ghost? Have you had experiences where you go to haunted houses and that sort of a thing? So I'm not really the person that's like going to haunted places to investigate. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... For fun. I have, clearly. You'll see it on the show. (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily say that that was a big part of my practice. Yeah, yeah. I do readings... Like I read, (laughs) like that's what I do. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I am coming into contact with ghosts, you know, ghosts, quote unquote, pretty often because I'm speaking to people's ghosts, like the ghosts that walk with individuals. I interact with them. So I'm trying not to be the annoying spiritual person who's like, it's a part of life, but it really is a part of my normal day to day. Talk about it the way you do. I just, my silly brain, I just always want it to be so scary. And Well, okay. I have a story where I was shook a little bit. Okay. So um, I told you that I practice something called Ifa. Mm -hmm. It's a nature-based practice. They have many deities that we venerate on specific days. And when you first get into the tradition, you go through like an initiatory process. We have to do all these things. 
like secret things, right? It's a real initiation. So at the end, you receive shrines of specific deities. So this is pretty early in my journey. I was like, okay, I'm learning about this. I think I want to practice this religion. Like I'm going to go through an initiation and receive these shrines. And like, I'm ready. I go through it. I'm doing all these random things. They're not random, but they are. And I'm like, did I make a mistake? Like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> it's it's just new to me. So on the last day, we're all happy. We celebrate. We have a little party. Yay. Welcome to the religion. Blah, blah, blah. I get three shrines. I go home. They're like, you know, put them one by the door, one here, one there. And, um, you know, make sure that for the next few days, you like talk to them regularly, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So we're done. I go home. I put my shrines down. Um, one of them has a lot of like different metals in the shrine. Another one is like stone. So I go to bed first night in the new religion. Yay. And all throughout the night, I hear the stones like shifting around like on the ground in my house. And then I hear the metal clashing together constantly just throughout the night. Like I can hear the things that are in the shrine just like being picked up and dropped. Ain't nobody in my house with me. I don't got no cats. I don't got no animals. Nothing. <laughs> that shit scared the shit out of me. And this was like outside of my room. Like I couldn't even get up to go look because I was terrified. And at that moment, I was like, I think I've just like signed my life over to the devil. Like I thought I was like, why did I do this? Yeah. I regretted it instantly. But then I woke up the next day. And like I shook it off. I don't know. It sounds weird, but like I got to know the shrines and talk to them. And now they're like my best friends. But it was the moment where I was like, oh, this shit is real. I'm in my room awake and I hear my shrines shaking and moving in the other room. Do you interpret that as them saying hi or what? Now I do, but... Okay. I'm new. Like, I'm not super into the witchy juju woo-woo yet. Uh-huh. So I was terrified. But no, I talked to other people. They're like, yeah, sometimes when you bring your, they're called Orisha. When you bring your Orisha home, they're unpacking their bags. Yeah. They're familiarized. They're moving in. <laughs> like, they're putting shit in their fridge. <laughs> Getting cozy. And that's what it is. I was like, okay, so that happens to people. They're like, yeah. And also you're a medium because you are able to hear that so clearly. I was like, oh. Oh. You're like, okay, so I can start charging people? <laughs> so you're saying I can make money? Um, it's interesting to hear you talk about being terrified because from my experience with you, we went to borderline hell mouths. <laughs> we did. We went to some places that I would not send my worst enemies to. God. And I never saw you scared. Sure, cold maybe because mm-hmm. it was freezing, tired because we had long mm-hmm. hours, whatever. But I never saw you scared. And what's that about? Is that your ancestors? Is that your faith? How do you describe that? Hmm. I don't know. I just, well, one, I know I was so afraid back then because I was new. And now I just feel like I've been in it so many years. Like this was at least five, six years ago that I first got my Orisha. So. I guess it's my faith. I feel very protected and secure in what I practice. And I just am not phased by a lot of things. But this isn't just like the witchy shit. I'm kind of like flat <laughs> when it comes to that. So it's not that I'm just like so not afraid. Mm-hmm. I just be like, okay, like <laughs> child, over. all right, like let's let's figure it out. Complete opposite of me. 
I think it would be so funny to see footage of you sleeping and me sleeping. <laughs> when we stayed at these haunted hotels, you were just in there with like face mask on. Knocked out. Yeah, just like so <laughs> just peaceful. It would be that song. <laughs> and then there's me over there shaking constantly with my eyes look at darting around. What was that? What was that? <laughs> I was so scared. Did you really not sleep well? Girl, sleep well, sleep at all. I didn't sleep any of the times that we stayed at haunted places. The only times that I slept was if we had time during the day. If we weren't going to start until noon, I would go to bed once the sun came up, I don't know, five, six o'clock in the morning. What? I would go to bed then until like 10 or something and then get ready. So some nights in those locations, I had like four hours. Oh, my God. But, you know, as of right now, when we're recording this, you and I have only seen the first episode at the Clown Motel. Yeah. And I believe you'll see more of that process later on in the season. But Mm -hmm. when I was watching the Clown Motel one, I'm like, this makes it look like I slept great. I'm here to have a great time. No. The truth is, our rooms were terrifying. I feel like, wasn't yours pretty scary? Yes, my room was very scary. I did not sleep well at least the first night either. But just because I just, I'm bougie with my accommodations. But I didn't sleep well either. (laughs) I was like, what is this? No. Ew. (laughs) Well, there is something about a motel that scares me. Like, people can just knock on your door. Like, I have doing shows out of town before, like, stayed in motels and had people knock on my doors in the middle of the night. Right. The whole experience freaks me out sometimes. Not always necessarily because of ghosts. Right. (laughs) But I didn't have any experiences in my room at that place. Mm -hmm. But they would say, oh, this is the room where people wake up and they see a man sitting in the chair next to the bed. Yeah. Scratching you, pulling hair. (sighs) And then they go, here's your room key. Have a good night. See ya. Yeah. And then also, (laughs) written in pencil on the wall, people had written their experiences. Oh. I was staying here, and this happened, and that happened. I didn't know that. I didn't notice that until, like, night two or something. And I started reading that, and I'm like, there's no damn I made Ken. I had to sleep with Ken in his Mm -hmm. bedroom. Strictly platonically, as two friends, two separate beds. (laughs) Period. But, yeah, you never let it get in your way, which I admire so much because it got in my way. It broke me down. The ghost got the best of me. Oh, God. And I think it's because part of the fun for me is being scared. and Yeah, that's the thrill. I will say I was afraid the most in Bisbee. Bisbee, Arizona, the Copper Queen Hotel. Holy shit, the scariest place I've ever been. Absolutely. Period. Bisbee was scary. I just don't really show outwardly fear, but child, I was scratched there. I know what happened to me didn't make the cut, so. Here's what people don't understand about paranormal shows. There's a lot that is happening when the cameras are not rolling. Yes. And that place in particular, we stayed multiple days and nights Mm -hmm. in that building, Mm -hmm. and it was nonstop. (laughs) Every time we would congregate back together from our rooms, everyone had stories about stuff that had happened. Yep. I had a scratch on my neck. I very much remember that. It was terrifying, the room that you stayed in. And you were right a couple doors down from me, I 
believe. Yeah. You were on the scary floor too, right? Yeah. But my ancestors literally were like, you need some move rooms. And I did. <laughs> like after the scratch, they were like, wow. get out of that room. You're fine in any other room. You should not be there. But someone else on production was scratching that room too. The night before I got scratched in that room. That's right. Yeah. Have you ever not listened to your ancestors? Oh, absolutely. And how'd that go for you? <laughs> I don't listen to them a lot because we don't always agree. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you may have friends or family members, like they're giving you the best advice that they have, but you want to do you. It's your life, you know? Mm. So you don't view them like now that they're spirits, they are all powerful no. and they can see the future. Because I think people make that mistake a lot. It's sort of like how people do the Ouija board or whatever. And they're like, will I get married next year? It's like, <laughs> why would a ghost know that? <laughs> the thing is, like, they know a lot. Like, I think when they die, at least in my traditions, when they die, they are able to see a little bit more. They don't have the same kind of restrictions and boundaries that human beings have because we're like literally in flesh. We can only do but so much. So like spirits have the ability to see a little bit more, but you don't take into account like, again, these spirits are not God. They don't know every single thing. They also used to be human. So they have a certain way that they look at life and experiences based on their kind of human brain. They're not humans anymore. So they have the ability to grow and expand, but they don't always. And like some of them, some of them don't know, like they don't know. So yeah, like I'll listen to their advice because I value them because I know that they are coming from a place of love and they care about me. But sometimes I'm like, okay, here y'all not going to do that though, but appreciate the advice. They're not the end all be all. They're just supportive spirits in my life whose advice I take when I need to. <laughs> the consultants. They're consultants. Do you view spirits just this way that are your ancestors or do you view all spirits this way? Well, the thing with my ancestors is that I trust them because I know them. Right. Other spirits, spirits be lying. Spirits be trying to confuse <laughs> you. I mean, we were talking about trickster spirits in one of the episodes. I think that was actually Clown Motel. Like spirits have their own agenda. You never know who you're talking to. They're just like people. People be lying. People be stealing. People be cussing. People be uh -huh. bitches. Spirits encompass all of that. They can. Yeah. I was just talking to Alex, mm -hmm. who um, you'll all meet next week on the show. She's one of our other cast members. And I was saying, like, when you ghost hunt or whatever you want to call it, paranormal investigate, mm -hmm. and you ask, are you a demon <laughs> or whatever? And then it comes back saying... Yes. <laughs> Bitch, why am I going to believe? I feel like... Why would I tell you? <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is one of these things. Like, if I moved to a new city where no one knew me, mm -hmm. I could just make up my own storyline. People could be like, are you a billionaire? I could be like, yeah, I am. Why not? And I've got eight husbands at home. Like, I don't know. I could just make up whatever the hell I want. And I feel like sometimes there's ghosts that are probably viewing it like that, too. Like They are. They're like, ooh, this would be fun. I'll be a demon for this one. <laughs> they 100% are. It's like going up to somebody and like, um, did you break into my house? And they broke into your house. They're not going to be like, yeah, I did. They're going to say no. Yeah. Spirits lie. Like, people lie, spirits lie. <laughs> I think once people realize that, they are not the end-all, be-all. They will have better interactions with the spirit when you just go in knowing, like, whatever it is. Like, you just take what you can get. If you like them, if you trust them, cool. If not, like, hey, whatever. Totally. 
I think you just have to take it for what the experience is. Yes, you do. I find it really hard to find concrete answers in that world. Mm-hmm. Just because everything is so unknown. It is. That's the mystery. That's the fun part to me. That's the fun part. What do you think of demons? Do you believe in that? The concept of demons is a bit foreign in my religions, plural, but I don't think that that means that they don't exist. I think if people have experiences with demons, then they exist in some capacity because people have experiences. But I don't really come into contact with demons. And in some ways, I don't even fully understand what a demon is besides like growing up Catholic and like hearing about demons. Like, is that what it is? Like, are they actually nice? I, I don't know. What do they be doing? Where are they? Seriously. Tell me, what are the demons? Do you believe in like inhuman energy that is bad? Okay. Yes, I do. I do believe in like malevolent or inhuman energies that do not mean you well or mean us well. Though they may mean somebody well, though, which is getting into a lot of weird things. But yeah, I I do believe in that. But I just feel like... Not to get too deep, but like some of the things I may view as malevolent is what someone else may view as benevolent or what somebody else may like or appreciate or that spirit supports this other person. It may not align with what I'm trying to do, but to say that it's purposeless for someone else, you know, I can't say that. So sure, I guess it's a demon to me. But if we talk about that with humans, Mm -hmm. a lot of people take comfort in really nasty views you know it brings them joy it brings them comfort Mm -hmm. so what do we do about them it's hard i mean obviously there's things that are just like big hell no's like moral morally that are like okay you're fucked up yeah yeah but people would say that i'm evil and people do because i'm talking to dead people and i'm talking to spirits and yeah you know i'm not christian so in some spaces, I I am that malevolent thing. <laughs> I do represent that. Though I don't feel that way. I hope you don't feel that, you know, you don't feel that way about me. But shit, I am to people, um, even to some family. That's why I brought you here today. So I could let you know that I think you're evil. <laughs> and I think what you're doing is wrong. Inhuman. <laughs> Inhuman and against my beliefs. Um, I can totally see that. Like, you know, we all have freedom in this country Technically. Ish. Yeah. (laughs) To practice whatever we want or believe whatever we want. Yeah. I think that where it crosses lines is when it really intentionally fucks up other people's lives. Right. That's the part. That's the part. Anyway, back to fun stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your medium, medium mystic? Mediumship? Mediumship abilities? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you do? You hear, you see, you smell? Oh, my God. So when you say smell, I do smell. That's one of my favorite gifts, smelling and tasting. Um, But I do see, but I don't see. I have friends who like see spirits like I see you right now and you see me. Uh I don't see like that. I see more in my dreams and I see more in like my mind. It's really hard to explain, but like mediums understand what I'm talking about. Like you just see it in your head more than you see it as an outside figure. And then I don't really hear as in voices outside of my dreams. I hear as in ideas. So if a spirit is telling me something, I'm not hearing necessarily the voice. Sometimes, but very rarely. 
I'm hearing the idea of what they want me to share, if that makes sense. So it's claircognizance is what it would be called. Mm. So I'm claircognizant and claircustance. My favorite drag queen. <laughs> and claire, all the other ones. Claire. Cognizant <laughs> yeah. from the house of cognizance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So one of my favorite things that I learned from you was your shell reading. Mm-hmm. Are you able to educate us about what that's all about? Shell readings. I didn't do a lot of coin readings on the show, I don't think, but I can. you can also use coins. But it's a divination tool, and divination is a systematic way to consult, basically, spirits. And it's through binary coding and probability that you're able to interpret like what the shells and coins mean. So based on how they fall up, down, it can also get really deep. But to keep it simple, you know, heads, tails up, down is how you are able to decipher yes or no messages. But the more you read, you start to be able to read like how the shells fall, like the force that they fall. Oh, If it's on a head and then flips over randomly to the tail, which happens. Typically, you'll use three to four shells or coins or whatever you're using to toss. Um, Yeah, they just fall. And it's basically simple, quote unquote, yes or no. But when you're skilled, you get a lot more information than just yes or no. Or maybe So that's kind of what it was that I was doing while getting other information. So they're talking to me while I'm also confirming what they're saying with the shells. Does that make sense? Yeah, but like, okay, my question, it's such a confusing question, and you might not be able to answer it because I have asked this of people before and they can't answer it, and it's totally still valid. Mm -hmm. Like, do you view that as the spirits are grabbing the shells and flipping them with their fingers? Or is it energy in the air that's causing it to do that? Or are they kind of inhabiting your body? and co- Like, what exactly is happening there? Hmm. That's a really good question. Because I think about this with any divination or yeah. spirit boards or pendulums or, I don't know, whatever. I'm like, what is actually happening here? Right. And it's okay if you don't have an answer. I just, well, it's an interesting thing to think about. It is an interesting thing to think about. And I think it's a lot of different things. I think that the shell itself is a spirit or the cards or whatever you're using. And I think that it's something to say about communing with that, the spirit of a card. Like the card is communicating about itself. Okay. The shell is communicating about itself. Um, I think part two of that is if you're talking to a specific deity they know how to manipulate the shell or they're in conversation with the energy of the shell to determine how it falls. So sure, they could be using the energy of me to drop it in a certain way. Um, But it's more like, I, I kind of imagine them being in communication with the object, if that makes sense. Okay. Because I believe that there's a spirit of everything, including an object, including inanimate things that would be called animism. Animism. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a spirit of everything. So you can communicate with the spirit of this mic, the spirit of the show. Ghosted has a spirit, you know, of this podcast. And so you commune with those things in order to get what you want. That's the premise of my work. (laughs) So you're communicating with the show. The spirit is communicating with the show to then get what it needs or to communicate what it needs. That's a beautiful way of looking at things. I like it. And I also love Miss Anna Mism of the House of Mism. (laughs) Your mind is like, you're so brilliant. (laughs) No, I'm just a a whole drag queen. (laughs) Um, Can I play you some ghost voices? Sure. (sighs) It's time for 
EVPs or EV please. Okay. So what I do, Juge, I go to TikTok, YouTube, wherever, and I find electronic voice phenomena, EVPs. These are alleged voices that people have captured of ghosts speaking. I have two of them for you today, and I want you to tell me what you hear, and then I'm going to give you some options, one of them being the correct option, at least what the person believes it says. Oh, Lord. Okay. So this is going to be a unique version of this today because the two locations that I am using are locations we've been. Ooh. Okay. So this is from T-Tongue One on YouTube, and it is at Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Fun. Which is in Louisville, 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 <laughs> Kentucky. What is this ghost saying? Oh, God. Okay, so there is, like, somebody kind of talking for a second at the end there, like a human. Yeah. But there's a voice... <sighs> Yeah. <sighs> That's what we're listening for. Got it. Okay. I'm going to play it again. It's like, do you hear yeah. it? <laughs> I thought it was hello something, but I don't know. <sighs> that is not what T-Tongue One thought it said. What did, what did T-Tongue One think? Is it A, you bitch? <laughs> is it B, no, sis? Is it C, stupid, or D, ew, pee? Like, ew, pee, someone peed over here. Okay, let me play it again. Please. I kind of heard ew, bitch. (laughs) They believe it is A, you, bitch. Oh, you, bitch. Yeah, okay, you, bitch. Okay, now that we know that, let's listen again. I can hear it. I think that the person, the human that talked kind of cut off the ch- mm-hmm. But I hear you, bitch. I'll give you, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I can get into you, bitch. I'm going to give it to him. And spirits are so rude. They love to call people bitches and shit. So I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so rude. Talk to me about your experience at that place before we get to the next EVP. Oh, God. Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Famously known as one of the most haunted places in the world, a former tuberculosis hospital Mm -hmm. that has been out of business for decades and is now where people just ghost hunt their lives away. Um, I wasn't terribly scared, not to be that one who's like, I'm never scared, but Uh (laughs) I wasn't terribly scared there. I mean, here you go. I think what I felt mostly there was a lot of the spirits being irritated with, like, what's happening. Yeah, because they have a Halloween attraction. Yeah. That has a lot of really spooky imagery and all of that sort of a thing. And it's in areas where there's a ton of history with people being terribly sick and spending their last days. And mm-hmm. and it's certainly viewed as like, this is spooky. This is where people used to die. Right. Like people's family, you know, who's still in this community. You know, I think that was the thing that I felt. Otherwise, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was like beautiful in a way. It was pretty. I liked it. I like that place because we did not sleep, sleep there. there. 
<laughs> going to say that. Right? <laughs> I liked it because we could go home. <laughs> yes. That place, it was cold. Oh, shit, it was. You know, this is very lovely that we had this conversation earlier about what's evil to some people might not be to mm-hmm. other people. Same thing goes with what's beautiful to some people might not be to <laughs> other people. To me, I wouldn't call it beautiful. It was. The upstairs with the windows out, that was given like IG picturesque. Yeah, there was there like when you're high up and you're mm-hmm. looking out, there was some nice views, nice breezes, <laughs> but I never felt comfortable when I was there. Oh yeah. Um there were two times throughout the season. The first time I saw a ghost, I believe, was at Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh. Right. Where was that again? It was that room that's sort of like that used to be their cafeteria. Yep. And we were there and, of course, cameras weren't rolling. Mm-hmm. But I say this as a skeptical person. If things weren't happening when the cameras weren't rolling, I would be like, what's going on here? This seems fake. Yeah. But no, like things would happen when the cameras weren't rolling. And I saw somebody in all white running toward the operating room, and they disappeared in front of me. They were just, like, running, and then they were just not there. Yeah. But it was so quick. I thought it was somebody that we were working with, but it wasn't. I just I saw it disappear in front of me. Did you see any ghosts? I saw a child when we first got there at the top floor. I remember seeing, like, a little small, like, shadow figure that looked like a child running, and they were like, oh, yeah, this was the kids' room. And I was like... I think that was actually the first place that I saw something like that, too. Are you sure it wasn't me? It was not you. Oh. You're not like 4'2". <laughs> okay, next one. Okay. This one is also from T-Tung One. We have copied T-Tung One um, because they have also been to the Lemp Mansion. Ooh, okay. The Lemp Mansion, which is in St. Louis, Missouri. I want to say Missouri. Patton Oswald recently kept saying Missouri. <laughs> and so I'm going to say Missouri. Period. Um, what is this one saying? <laughs> Any guesses? Sound like he was slipping his nose. Let me try it again. <laughs> shit. Shit. I heard shit. Well, they did not hear shit. I, I figured that was not an option. Okay, what are the options? Is it A, that's cute. B, bless you. C, my best shoes. Like, these are my best shoes. Or D, bestie. Okay, which one is it? Let me play it again. Please. Bless you. Yes, bless you. Wow, you're like a real paranormal investigator. Look at you. (laughs) Two for two. Okay, now tell me about the Lemp Mansion for you. Okay, Lempy. What was Lemp given? It's just with so many places, sometimes they all run together. All the ghosts run together. I remember you, your body being overtaken by a spirit. (gasps) Oh, shit. Yes. Yes. Possession. Just another day in the life of Juju Bay, apparently. It's just so normal. Um, I actually really love possession. It's one of my favorite things to do. Possessed, but 
welcomed. Welcome possession. Right. Being open to possession as a form of communication. Tell me about that and your experience with that. Yeah, so obviously when people think possession, they already jump to like the horror movies of people's heads spinning around and projectile vomit. Not that necessarily. Necessarily? <laughs> well, what if you what if you got possessed by an owl with a stomach bug? Then could your head spin around and puke? That's where that necessarily inserts itself. <laughs> That's the one caveat. <laughs> That's the caveat. I have not had the owl with a stomach virus to do that just yet. But yeah, like in my tradition, we will welcome possession in order to invite spirits to communicate. It's like a way to give the voiceless voices. So if there's specific spirits that want to say something, if they have a message for the group or for the community, we'll do whatever, do our little deep breathing and literally invite the spirit to come to speak through our mouths so that the message can be brought or that they can have a voice or that they can, you know, whatever. So, yeah, possession is something that I've done quite often because there's entire ceremonies to invoke possession of good spirits, you know. But how do you get them out? Oh, it's a whole process. You have certain tools and prayers and washes that go over you. Someone around will know how to bring someone out of possession always. But don't you get nervous looking the way that you do and your style, your personality, mm -hmm. that these spirits won't want to leave. They're going to hop in and be like, mm, I'm good here. I want to be Juju <laughs> and I'm good. You're not going to get rid of me. Sometimes they don't want to leave, but they can't stay. There are ways to get them out, even if they don't want to leave. There are eviction notices, so they will leave. You know what I was just reminded of? And I have to ask, mm -hmm. because we've never talked about it other than the one time it came up early on. And my first thought was, I'm keeping that for the podcast one day. You admitted that you had a relationship with a ghost. <laughs> I did. I did. Can you talk about it? Yeah. Okay. Tell me the full meet cute or whatever they call it. I want to know the rom-com. <laughs> how did you meet and how did you break up? So I will say that the relationship wasn't necessarily consensual-ish. It gets mixy. So basically, there would be times when I would just be alone, like in my apartment. This was years ago. And I would feel like an energy of someone like on me, touching me, around me, cuddling me. <laughs> I'm getting so deep. And even like sometimes just randomly like coming to orgasm. <laughs> Like, while I'm home, just hanging out, chilling, minding my business. And it was to the point where I'm like, I think that there's a spirit or something being with me, like, and having sex with me. And it was good. So I was kind of gagged a little bit because <laughs> it, it felt good. <laughs> it was very strange, I know, but I swear this is real. So I called my spiritual godfather at the time, and I'm like, I'm having this experience. I know this sounds wild. He's like, no, I think you have a spirit husband. Husband. Let me go divine on it. So like divination is when we're going to the spirits, we're doing the things. We're consulting the spirits we can trust. So the spirits we can trust are like, yes, she has a spirit husband. And this is someone that apparently I was married to in a previous life. And we were together. We were together in heaven, whatever. And then I left. I was like, hey, babe, I got to go to the earth. I got to live out my life. We have to break up. And he was like, no, we're, we're still together. So he's been with me throughout my life, you know, protecting me or whatever. But 
not until at that time he started wanting to be with me again like that. Oh, wow. And at that time, I was having a lot of really bad relationships, like with actual real human beings. Like they kept getting ruined or like random things would happen that would just like my relationship. They were just havoc. All of them were just wreaking havoc. The spirits were like, he's causing havoc. He doesn't want to see you with anybody else. He doesn't want you dating. He wants you to himself. And as long as you, like, don't date anybody else, like, he'll make sure that you, you know, have success. You know, you have money. You have everything you want. You just can't ever be with anyone else. And I was like, absolutely not. We need to break up. Well, you don't even know what he looks like. I don't even know what he looks like. I mean, the sex is good, but, like, this is kind of (laughs) weird. Like, no, this is too much for me. I know I'm a woo-woo bitch, but it's too much. (laughs) So I had to go through a whole, like, initiation to divorce offerings, libations, prayers. I mean, this was with a group of people basically divorcing myself from this spirit. What? After that happened, it stopped. Was there a prenup? (laughs) There's always a prenup, baby. (laughs) I also had to receive another shrine. I have a shrine that kind of protects me from that specifically. So when these encounters would happen, were you able to be like, I'm in the mood for my husband to come over tonight and, like, call him up? Or would it just always be, like, a sneak attack? There was a short period where I was like, well, maybe I just see what this is about. Honestly, I was like, I mean, he's protecting me. He's been with—he's loyal. I've needed someone loyal. Yeah. Things are going well in my life. Sometimes I was like, well, hey, I'm lonely. Like, what you doing? You know, I would. But not in a sense of, like, trying to, like, have sex or necessarily. But, like, I don't know. I did have a relationship with a spirit, like, a romantic relationship. It wasn't fully consensual, but there were times where I was, like, I was open to it for sure. Yeah. I didn't feel bad about it. I just was like, I'm not, I can't, no, it's a little too much for me. Let's get divorced. When I hear, like, these sexual encounters that people have with ghosts, the first thing I always think of is the consent aspect of it. Because it seems like you wouldn't be able to. But then again, a lot of the time that I hear about this, people say it's amazing. It is. That maybe they didn't ask for it, but... And I'm sure that a lot of times people are like, is this really happening or is this just in my mind? Like, right. They're just kind of there for whatever's happening. And then later on, they're like, I think that was a ghost. Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm like, maybe I'm just like really freaky. Like, maybe this is me. Maybe I just have some kind of imagination. It was like, no, it kept happening around the same time, night after night. Okay, so we know that he's single. He's single. (laughs) He's loyal. What do I got to (laughs) do? Maybe I call him. I don't know what he's up to. After I went through that ritual to get rid of him, I really have not heard from him. So he could have moved on. I don't know. He might not be single, but he stayed with me for clearly hundreds of years. So. Wow. That is commitment. Commitment. Oh, that's kind of (laughs) hot. Um, (laughs) But was ruining my relationships. (laughs) But I will say this is a lot more common than people think. And even if a spirit is not having sex with you, various traditions throughout the world have some concept of explaining this very thing, like a spirit partner. It's really interesting. So if your relationships are kind of messed up, it could be you, but it could be your spirit partner sabotaging your love life. Never know. Interesting. Or, yeah, or it could just be you are horrible at dating people. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one more question I have about that is 
there are ways to sort of conjure up these experiences, mm-hmm. right? Like, can't people invite this sort of a thing? Because that's what I was thinking of when you were talking about the possession. Like, yeah. you can you can have, like, these welcome possessions. And I know people talk about things like astral projection. Like, there's mm-hmm. certain practices that you can work on and build. And so do you believe that that same thing goes with friends with benefits from the other side? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can summon anything. You can summon anything. So, yeah, you can summon spirit sex. I don't recommend it, but because you just never know. But, yeah, and I think people do summon. I feel like I've read or seen something on TV of someone who maybe summoned a ghost and got married to it or something like that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, a lot of times those people are summoning that energy. See, that's what I'm afraid of is, like, you can't control it the way you can a real man, okay? At least me. I can control. I can have a man wrapped around my finger. Period, sister. Okay. <laughs> However, with a ghost man, mm-hmm. this is what it would happen to me. It would be like some horrible 80s comedy movie where I would be in a business meeting. Oh, my God. And then that's when he would show up and I would be like, yeah, so according to the records, <laughs> uh, that's what would happen to me. I can I could tell you right now. <laughs> oh yeah, it says here in the second quarter of the year. <laughs> I know that that's how it would be and I'm not happy about that. So, if I can find a man that can stick to a strict schedule or if you can find one for me because I know you know a lot of people on the other side. I do. I'm fine with that. I I'm here for all of that and I think Okay, give me your qualifications. Oh yeah, absolutely. I will. Um Juju, <laughs> this is pretty much it. This has been great. So great. This was fun. It's such a crazy thing that we were found, we were put together and we've had such a cool experience. Yeah. And um I feel so safe around you. Aww. I will say. Likewise. You're on my roster of people that I have if some shit goes down okay. with the other side. I'm calling you up whether you like it or not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, I feel very safe. All these times I've been in these haunted-ass locations, I'm like, if Juju's here, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So like it or not, you're a part of this over here. We're in it to win it, honey. Gladly. Anytime. And now we're about to be a... TV stars together. How do you feel about that? I mean, I feel pretty good about it because I feel like it's part of um, all of our destinies to have this happen. So it's like good. But also, you know, a lot of things come with that. And you can't prepare for it. Like you can, but you can't. So I'm just kind of just being open to the experience. And hopefully we can just keep talking to the dead people and the ghosts and the spirits. I'll be good. I'll be good with that. I'll be good with that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, tell people where they can find you and all the things that you do. Okay. Well, you can find me on pretty much everything at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. It's Juju Bay. Um, I also have a podcast. We're currently on hiatus, but if you are interested in learning more about the hoodoos and the voodoo and some of the orisha and the shrines and all the spiritual stuff I've been talking about, um, it's called A Little Juju Podcast. So you can check that out wherever streaming is. Um Oh, yeah, I'm working on a book that comes out right now. It's projected spring 24. So we've got a little bit of time, but I actually just turned in my manuscript today. First draft of my manuscript. So that's wonderful. So, yeah, I'll have things 
Just follow me. It's Juju Bay or Juju Bay on everything J U J U B A E. I might be doing readings. I might not. I'm off and on. And living for the dead, honey. Living for the dead, honey. We're living for the dead. <laughs> well, thanks, Gigi. Thank you, Rosie. This was fun. Ah, thank you so much, Juju Bay. Isn't she something? She is somebody that can make me laugh so hard because she's not. She's not like me. She's not one of these people that's always just running their mouth. She is one of those people that when she talks, oh, my God, it counts. The same goes with her humor. She will just be sitting quiet. All of us, you know, little roosters and hens are clucking away. And then all of a sudden, Juju will say one thing, and it's the funniest thing we've ever heard. And so many times when we were working together, she just killed me. So go check out all the things that she does because she's truly incredible. And who knows, maybe maybe you could even get a reading from the iconic Juju Bay one day. Um, yeah, guys. All right. Well, next week, I'm going to be talking to Alex LeMay, who is, again, the technical ghost hunter of the group. You know, the one that, that does great with all the machinery and the technological stuff. So uh, we'll get to that next week. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! This has been an Exactly Right production. Want to share your paranormal experience on the podcast? I read stories out loud, and sometimes I'll even call you. So email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You can send a DM or voice message to the show's Instagram at ghostedbyroz. Give us a follow while you're there. And follow me, Roz, on Instagram at Roz Hernandez and on TikTok and Twitter at It's Roz Hernandez. My senior producer is the startling Jiha Lee. Associate producer is the alarming Alex Chi. This episode was mixed and sound designed by the eerie Edson Choi. My guest booker is the petrifying Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from the hair-raising Hannah Kyle Crichton. My theme music is by the spine-chilling Brendan Lynch-Salomon. Artwork by the spooky Vanessa Lilac. Photography by the terrifying Elizabeth Karen. Executive produced by the chilling Karen Kilgariff, the spooky Georgia Hardstark, and the frightening Danielle Kramer. Follow Ghosted by Roz Hernandez on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase Ghosted by Roz Hernandez merch.